the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, how you doing this afternoon? This is Pastor Joe Sutton, uh, pastor at uh, Spirit of the Lord Church. I think I'm still a pastor at Spirit of the Lord Church. I don't know. I got I to check it out sometime. I haven't been in the pulpit like in two months. Um, I had to get a procedure done known as a vascular bypass where they cut the vein out of my leg from uh, my groin down halfway to my calf. It took that vein and made it into an artery and ran it from uh, like my knee to my foot. And, uh, and so to get blood flow to my foot because... I had a broken toe that wasn't healing right. They discovered I had hardly any blood flow. So, uh, you know, the cut healed well. Uh, there was some complications with taking the pump off that they put on. Left me with a wound. And uh, I just didn't want to be in the pulpit if I'm taking funny drugs. I just don't take I, I only had to take pain pills for like maybe three days. And I just gutted it out the rest of the time. But I'm not getting in there teaching, and I'd be like, uh, whatever. When Moses crossed the Jordan, he brought back the apple that he gave to Eve. You know, it gets crazy. So I just say, you know, I let I, God has blessed me with a great staff of uh, of young men and older men who can preach the gospel. So I let them go at it. Uh, and speaking of blessings, you know, today I want to talk about, so, you, you know, <clears throat> I asked the Lord one time, you know, in urban ministry, you always ask the Lord. <laughs> you ask the Lord for this and that because, you know, you can't really ask the people in your congregation. I see some of my friends who pass the churches, they can they can go and sit down and have lunch with a businessman and walk away with, you know, you know, five or ten thousand dollars to fix the, the boiler. You know, me in, in turn, I, I don't have that 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 talent level of skill set. In my in my congregation, I can maybe walk away with three or four hundred dollars. You know what I mean? If I strain, I can get a thousand out of somebody. But uh, and so because because of the the numbers is is one of my friends told me. He said, uh, "Man, you you got X amount of people. You should be bringing in this amount of money." I said, "No." I said, "That works in your neighborhood." I said, "But my you know most of my or a third of my constituents are getting a." Uh, uh, so Social Security disability is seven thirty-seven, I think, a month, and then you have a few who out there working. And I may have three or four that have what we would call normal jobs: school teacher, operations manager, run a small construction company, something like that. And and not to whine about it because God is good because God touched and puts on the heart 
of other individuals that you know are partnering with us to help us out, and uh, you know, and my denomination is real good about about helping me out, especially because we're in you know old building, things get tough. But the biggest, you know, God always told me He said all your answers are always in the house, and I'd be like, God, Lord, where in the house am I looking? Do I need to tear up the furniture? Somebody, somebody left some money in the wall, and uh, really the answer in the house was I realized was my young people. And this was about, I'd say, 15 years ago. We started really pouring into our young people. We started the 3D Leadership Academy. And uh, I knew that most of the kids that I was training and serving would not stay at my church. You know, they probably live in other cities or do things like that. But what God told me, it'll help strengthen the body of Christ. And so sometimes we look for answers to our things, and the answers are right in our house. And what I mean by house is our answer is in our children. And our children, what they do, what they provide, and where they're going. So I looked at, like, my kids, they they ain't got no paper routes. I ain't got no money from there. If they tithe on the paper route, they ain't going to make a difference in what we owe. But I realized that, you know, I could change the landscape, you know, of of my, my city if I pour into these kids correctly. And I, I look at them now, and uh, two of them are, well, I don't know, uh, three of them are pastors, uh, you know, out there doing youth ministry work out there, having done three deep and coming through three deep. They they, they parlayed that into uh, being a youth pastor. And uh, and so then, then you, when you get there, you look at it, you say, like, okay, uh, God, what are we going to what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do? And then you say, like, okay, uh, let's make sure they understand what their gifts are. So we take them, we help them understand what their gifts are, bring them to a point. And now I look up 15 years later, and and there's some go-getters. Man, there's some go-getters. Golly. And, you know, you pray for leadership, but sometimes it, it chooses to be leaders in fields that you don't approve of. You know what I mean? And uh, and, and not that anybody uh, from our church is really out there, uh, general manager of a strip club or anything like that. You know, but they you, they, they still, they kind of walked away from their faith or they're kind of being inquisitive about their faith in other areas. And then they're not really sure the confidence level isn't there uh, like it was, and you know, when they were doing uh, 3D, we bring out certain leadership skills. and uh, But then I look at the ones who are really going at it. And, and you hear one of them on my show a lot. Uh, that's my uh, son, uh, Joseph, who goes by Juice. Uh, but, you know, for him to step in and uh, and to fill in. And then my other son, Jonathan, uh, he's a great, great, great preacher. Oh, my goodness. He just needs to get some skills in his life. He's a great preacher. And, uh, you know, Jonay's preparing for med school and Josiah is, is uh, keeping the streets on lock. You know, and, uh, you know, Ernest is coaching. Can't ever stop coaching. Coaching track and uh, teaching school. And Rosemary just started uh, working in HR down in Florida. So great group, great group of kids that, that were in my house. And I look at it. And I look at them now where they at. You know, they all all of them are out of college except for two. Uh, Samuel and Esther are still in college. 
uh, working on internships right now. But uh, I look at it, I go like, "Wow, God, you gave me you you gave me some good answers." Now the answers were not to the problems I was having 15 years ago. You know what I mean? But the answers that are there is it gives me hope that it will continue on past where I can take it. You know, that, that the ministry will continue on past what I can take it. You know what I mean? And so so though I have to go out there and maybe do different things and fundraise and I just can't take up an offering and call it a day, you know, but now I can sit up here and I can I can see God moving and how he's developing uh the children in my house and how he's developing the children in other people's houses, you know, how they all hang out together and do things together, you know, even though they don't all go to the same church. And uh, and so, you know, you just see that, that bond, that connection is there. You, know, you watch them get married, you watch them do things like that, and you feel like, wow, God, you, you really blessed me to find out that my answer was in the house. So what what am I saying? Well, you look at Abraham, you look at Isaac, you look at Jacob. Abraham uh, knew and coveted the idea that he needed a seat. He, he, needed, he needed a seat, you know what I mean? And he even came to God and felt like, look, I know all the promises you didn't give me, man, but look, it's, it's, if I don't get a seat soon, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, everything going to go to Eliezer. And, you know, Eliezer was faithful. You know, Eliezer could have pulled a ghost move and, and went to two laps around the desert and came back up. Can't find nobody, you know what I mean? You know, but he didn't do that. He, you know, he, 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 he served Abraham when he didn't have a child, and he served Abraham when he had a child. And he made sure that Abraham was okay, and he made sure that Isaac was okay. Because Isaac was the seed. He was the legacy. He was the, the holder. Abraham had a lot of questions, but he knew that his answer was in the house. It was in Isaac. You know, and when Isaac came and had his child, you know, he did, he, was, he felt relief. He still had Ishmael. He still, still had Ishmael, but he knew the answer was in Isaac. You know, Isaac comes along and he has twins. He has two boys, and uh, you know he's sitting there, but you know he he you know he was reserving and saving his blessing because they were twins. You know, even though the prophecy was given at birth, you know he wasn't holding on to that, that prophecy at birth. He was kind of going to just follow tradition and bless the oldest and call it a day. And even though the oldest, you know, we see uh, didn't really care about his birthright because he knew it. He thought it had no power to give it over to to uh, Jacob. And Jacob, you know, didn't care about uh, the prophecy, prophecy, the power of the prophecy, because he was in turn going to allow, you know, just go allow a sneaky, devious way to get what was already prophesied to him. And so the, the thing about the whole thing is that Jacob never really did get it. His his blessing came through at, you know, when he, after he served Laban those 14 years, when he when he got blessed there, he didn't want to come back to his dad for a while. So that whole that whole thing of conning for the blessing and everything like that, and what came out of that could easily been avoided. It was, it was forgotten. You know, but when, you, when you're not operating in the will of God, you're not operating in the mindset of God, and you think that you always got it. You have to do something. You have to do something. Jacob felt that he had to do something. You know, what I mean? even even when dealing with going back to see his brother, he felt he had to do something. 
he placed certain kids and people in front and certain in the back because he wanted them to be, if he was going to kill anybody, he let them kill them. So he, they, he's doing something. And we do that ourselves. I find myself doing that. You know, I, I try to do something. I try to go out there and, and uh, you know, in, um, you know, manufacture a sermon, manufacture it real quick and, 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 and walk and operate in my own power. And God's not calling for that. He's calling for me to depend on him and come there and look around and look around the house and see what's there. And I'm looking outside the house. I'm looking at uh, foundations and I'm looking at things. And there's nothing wrong with those things. But you first got to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? You know, and, and really, you know, the answer is in the house. You know, because he's placed it around you. He's not going to have you searching that far. So, you know, we get to Jacob and he has 12 kids. You know I mean, he's having babies by everybody, you know. And uh, and the most important thing there was the birthright, which Reuben lost because he, uh, you know, he he you know he he was like, you know, I lost I lost the birthright, you know, sleeping with one of his dad's concubines, and so his dad took the birthright from him, and uh, and so that that's what makes it the birthright is an important thing that goes in there, but the most important thing was the fact that. His 12 sons stuck with him. Jacob left for a little while, right? But he came back, and they worked together. And, uh, and they, they accomplished great things because they raised up children and offspring that knew what the promise was. They knew what it was. They knew what it was to to uh, to, to get a message from God, and they passed it down. And it was very important to them that it got passed down. I always tell people it's like I don't know where I know I know where my grandmother's buried, but I don't know where my grandmother's buried because I've been there and I've seen the little church with the uh, you know cemetery in the back, and but I don't I don't know where it's at. You know, it would take my mother telling me it's in this town somewhere in the back backwoods of Mississippi. You know, and it's not it it wasn't made to be that important, but look how important. They made those prophecies to their kids that 400 years later, they can still quote those prophecies and still they can do that. And even though it took 400 years for the answer to manifest itself, the answer was right there in the house. It was in the descendants. You know, and I think that when we have our children, you know what I mean, and of course, during this time of year, we uh, we spoil them, we, 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 gift, them, we gift them up, uh, with different things because it's Christmas and it's supposed to be a kid's holiday, which I guess matures for the fact that Jesus was a kid when he got his gifts and and so hardly. But when Jesus got gifts, Jesus got gifts, gifts that pointed, that helped him fulfill his destiny. You know, it, it pointed toward his destiny. When we buy gifts, it's pointing toward craziness. Yeah, because you know we don't get the gifts that we need to get that will make our kids fulfill their destiny. Because unless they're gonna become soldiers and go kill up a whole bunch of people, yeah, I mean then that's hard. But still doesn't teach them how hard it is to become a soldier like that. You know the workout level, the intensity, things you have to go through. You just can't hit on and grab a gun and start shooting up everybody. You know what I mean, or or, or race, or race some cartoon figures, or whatever whatever it is you're doing. 
whatever game you're playing. Yeah, I mean that that's not their destiny. So we need to take good care. My whole purpose and point is to build up is to say that we need to take care of our children. This is Joe Sutton, Fair Lord Church, North Minneapolis. We take a break and come back and talk about the importance of pouring into your children. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community, Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Mission Minneapolis. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 980 The Mission Bible teachers and ministries with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Sideways. Came in the same sideways. Get turned, get sideways. Haters looking at me sideways. 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 Like sideways. Sometimes I have to look at myself sideways. You know, I say, do I deserve what I get? Yeah, I deserve what I get. I, I love my family. I love my children. And, um, and like I said before the break, that even when we gift our kids, we, the gift needs to point to the destiny. You know, you know, my kids never complained about you did this for one, but you didn't do it for another. Because I always sat them down, even when they were little, and I said, I'm going to give you gifts according to your destiny. And that put the pressure on me. I had to pray. I had to pray and ask God, like, wow, you know, you know I pray, well, in the womb, I prayed. Outside the womb, I prayed. You know, and I, I knew that Sports was going to be a, a, a integral part of of uh, Joseph. You know, I knew that coaching and teaching was going to be there for Ernest. I knew Rosemary would teach, but she would teach adults, not kids. Jonathan would preach. Jonay would teach, and uh, Josiah would be a money man. And as they grew up, you know, I would bring Joseph balls. I'd bring Jonathan uh, kits to build engineering kits and things like that. Jonada, it was heaven. If you took her to Office Max, she was in heaven. She's our Office Max was the best place on earth. And then, uh, you know, then we had you know, Josiah. He liked tools. He just like tools, working, always loved to work. Work on anything, construction. Just they always follow you around. Guys, be working on church. You follow them around, watch them, learning what to do. And uh, you know, and, and Ashley was just oh, she liked the gossip. So that, that I, I tried, <laughs> I tried, but that's my girl though. But I tried, and so I would give them these gifts. I would take them different places. You know, I took, took Jonathan to Miles Monroe Leadership Conference. 
sent Joseph to sports camps, uh, sent Ernest to different places. It's like, and, but no, they all knew that I was sending them there because that was part of their purpose. It wasn't like I get to go too, because that's not part of your purpose. You know, and we need to look toward these things. You know, we would, we would go spend time together. Uh, I would introduce them to other adults that were going the way they wanted to go so they could at least have somebody to uh, talk to, you know, somebody to, 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 to talk witness with. And when they don't want to talk to mom or dad, they can talk to this individual and they would take them places, let them see things, take them on their job. Uh, Esther got to visit a couple uh, government agencies because she wanted to be a lawyer. And a couple of lawyers took her and let her spend a half a day with them so she could understand what it was about and what she had to go through. And then going to law school, looking at curriculum, you know, just basically laying out. They could, they could understand that this is their purpose, but they need to understand the road they have to travel. Because a lot of times people understand what it is there to do. But when they get ready to embark upon the road, they don't want to pay the price. They don't want to pay the price at all. So you're, you're sitting in the store, right, and you got something for your daughter, and you know she wants to be a teacher, so you go buy her dry erase board and some markers. But you know she really wants that chatty patty doll. Now you stuck with the situation. Do I prepare her for her purpose, or do I get her what she wants? And that's hard sometimes, you know, because they would get mad at me, Oh, man, my kids be like, why would you buy me some Jordan? Because you don't play basketball like Jordan. And uh, they'd be like, yeah, Dad, do this. I said, we, we we take our money and go on vacation. I said, don't you like going on vacation every year? Yeah. And we would go on vacation maybe like three, four times a year. And Because, you know, being in ministry, you don't get to spend a lot of time with your kids. So what I would do is when I got the breaks, the week breaks, two-week breaks, you know, we would go somewhere and just have a memorable good time. You know what I mean? You know, just a memorable good time. You know, and uh, you know, just to, to balance out them days where, you know, when by the time I get home, they're asleep. You know, especially when they were little. You know, they go to bed at 8.30, and I come home like 9 o'clock, but they sleep. And I got to wait till the morning to hug them, you know, play with them, do some things with them, speak into it, speak into their life. And so, but anyway, back to the other part of life, is that your answer is in the house, and you got to look at your young people. If you're a church pastor, you pastor, look at your young people. We're in a point right now where there's hardly, because for years we've depended on the neighborhood to send us our young people, and now there's hardly any young people in our neighborhood. And we're looking like, wow, what happened? We watched our kids' groups doing around our Saturday morning kids' club. You know, even 3D numbers are off. And we look at the playground across the street, how the any kids playing over there. I mean, it used to be that we could just run out there and get a game going and get anything going. And now they're gone, right? They're spread out, spread out all over over the city, different places they're living. And and we're like, wow. So we have to change our perspective because the people moving into the neighborhood have no kids or maybe younger kids. And it's like, uh, we got to change. I ramp up, you know, now we got to go more, you know, seven and under, you know, and doing something and, and uh, trying to 
reach those families to get them to trust us with their children. They're not going to walk up to the, up to the church by themselves. Their parents are either going to bring them or they're not going to come at all. So it's just a different dynamic that we have to, we have to learn to work with. You know what I mean? But we always say the answer is in the house. You know, that, that somewhere in there that, that youth pastor is in the house. Yeah, I mean, he might be 10 years old, but he's in the house. You know what I mean? And and we don't have to worry. You know, as, as it says, write the vision, make it play. And though it tarry, wait for it. And that's the part where we get chipped, chipped up at, is that we want to see it come to pass in our lifetime. There's going to be some dynamic things that happen at Spirit of the Lord Church, and there's going to be some dynam- dynamic preachers that come out of that congregation. And I probably won't be allowed to see it. But it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me one bit at all. Because I know the answer for Minneapolis is in the house. It's in the house. And I got to love on them and take care of them as if they were 40, even though they might be 8. Hey, God bless you. Have a great week. Uh, pray for me and my family as uh, we get together. Have our, our, discuss the Sutton Heritage Foundation. We discuss the markings of our new foundation. Uh, in beautiful Orlando, Florida. God bless y'all. Have a great day.